Hello everybody, welcome to M&M's podcast version of the Canberra Football Show. I'm your host Matt Nicoletti. Michael's not with us today, however we do have Jeremy McGahn, who we, who we have talked about on the show before. Jeremy, how are you today? I'm good Matt, how are you? Thank you for having me here and uh, I'll do my best to make you forget about Michael. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I love what you guys are doing on, on M&M's podcast, I've been listening to it religiously and, uh, and I'm happy to be here tonight. Well, thank you very much. Jeremy, we just want to say, Michael wants to say as well how much of a great job you're doing uh, covering the MPLW with your wrap-ups and, of course, the commentary as well. So we are very glad to have you on. And, of course, we will definitely have you back for the MPLW finals. Uh, Russ, how are you today? I'm really good. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having us back on again. Looking forward to a, a chat. Very European feel to the room mm-hmm. today, isn't it? Indeed. <laughs> it certainly is. All right, we have a lot to talk about. This is a massive show today. So let's start with the two remaining round four matches that we could not uh, get done due to the rain and they were postponed to the middle of the week. Both were on the same night. Bit of a rainy night as well. Let's start with Canberra Croatia and Canberra Olympic. Massive matchup, 2-1. Barach and Jampalo with the goals and then Kelly with the goal for Canberra Olympic. It was an incredible comeback for Canberra Croatia in that regard. It was a very close game. Uh, the, uh, when they scored the goal, goal, though, it sort of seemed out of nowhere, but then as soon as they scored that first goal, in quick succession, Cam- uh, Canberra Croatia scored again through a penalty, and then they just had all the momentum from there. Russ, of course, you commentated this one with Frank Keisha, but before we start with the game, uh, how did you go about you calling the Canberra Croatia team by its correct name, and Frank in terms of saying the we as referring to Olympic. How did that go? Well, I like to think that I did all right and I didn't actually call Canberra Croatia anything but Canberra Croatia all night, but I did have lots of notes in front of me which had Croatia written very big <laughs> on it to make sure. Look, I think Frank did okay, but I was told in the week somebody rang me up and uh, did tell me that they listened back to it and Frank said several times we for Canberra Olympics. So apparently he owes me a, nu- a numerous <laughs> amount of coffee. <laughs> Uh, well, I'll definitely bring it up. Hopefully we'll have Frank on the show once the uh, MPL finals comes into there. Then we can have uh, a, a little discussion about this. I, I like, it's uh, pretty Over hilarious. Over coffee. <laughs> and let's, you can tally it up uh, how, who many, uh, how many coffees everybody hoes each other. So in general, what did you think about the game overall? Very good comeback from uh, Canberra Croatia. It was. They showed their, um, their real fight and heart to get back into that one. It was a game in which they were probably um, second best for large periods. At one stage, I think it was 12 corners to nil to Canberra Olympic, and they were putting the pressure on. I thought the goal they scored was probably deserved, but Dinya Greenwich has got a side there that's, that's battling its way through. They've not hit f- um, full form yet. They've not hit the fluidity that they're capable of. Um, they've not had a full side out, I don't think, in, in, any, in any game yet. They're still missing both their central defenders. Uh, but they keep finding a way to win, and it's like the Canberra Croatia of old. Um, they, they fought through that first game against Monero Panthers. They, they scrapped out a draw against Kangalan United on the wet pitch at Deakin. And they've done exactly the same against uh, Canberra Olympic in what I'm now christening the Canberra Classico. I mentioned it several times during commentary, and I'm going to keep going with it. <laughs> the Canberra Classico, I really like that one indeed. What do you think about this uh, result, Jeremy? Uh, look, I think, like Russ was saying, I think uh, Canberra Croatia is just showing week in, week out that they're not a team that's going to give, give up any time during the game, uh, and they deserve the, the place they have now in the ladder. How about in terms of Canberra Olympic, uh, Russ? What, what can they take from this matchup? Well, we're going to talk about them again in a bit. In a so bit we'll save it for that? Yeah, well, I think we'll save it for that because uh, their result on the weekend was uh, not great either, and they've got some huge match coming up this weekend. So, uh, look, I mean, disappointing for Robbie Katnach in that particular game. I think he thought his side probably had the better of it. Um, he would have been disappointed that they didn't get the three points out of that. When they went ahead, uh, it only looked like we were going to get one result. There didn't seem any way back for Canberra Croatia on the evening. But, you know, they, they just went to sleep. 
It was two well-created first goal and then a penalty for the second one. And they couldn't find another way through. And they've got chances. They've got plenty of players in that team that could score goals. But it just didn't work for them on the night. And there's just something at the club at the moment that's just not clicking. And the other matchup that night was Gungahlin against Tigers FC. Gungahlin winning 1-0 with Green scoring in the 90th minute. It was, uh, I would say, a little more rainier. Uh, it was rainy a little more there than it was at Deakin anyway at the start of the match. It was a, quite a close encounter. And Jack Green, of course, with that equaliser laid on. Hab Tamerium did a lot of great work uh, for the keeper to save it, except the ricochet off the save, and Jack Green was there to put it away. Unmarked, might I add, as well. And, of course, Giuliano Borgner got a second yellow <coughs> for a tackle that didn't get much of the ball. So that was pretty much on the money from the referee there. Jeremy, you were at that one. What did you think about it? Uh, yeah, I, th I think it was a, a very good game. The rematch of um, last year's grand final, and, and the score that was a little bit tighter than last, than last year. Uh, I think Gungalin early on really played their game and forced Kuma to defend um, quite low. Uh, they had multiple opportunities to score during the game. Gungalin, they hit the crossbar uh, up to Mayan with a beautiful free kick. Uh, Gulevski definitely should have scored early as well and missed an opportunity that was uh, a little bit of a gift. Uh, in the second half, you know, Kuma makes, the, makes life a bit harder for them. Um, the red card for Borja, two tackles that are a little bit, a little bit silly to take two yellow cards like this. Uh, there was no no room for that, that kind of tackle uh, during the game. Uh, and then, um, like we discussed, when you play ten against eleven and you're not you're not dominating the game, it just makes it a bit harder for you. Um, the game, the the goals were at the last minute uh, came a little bit. Uh, you know, there was an injury on the on the floor on the pitch. Sorry for Kuma. And then Gongalin kept playing. Up to Mariam's kick is uh, is stopped by Cole and, and Jack Green followed through. Uh, you know, I think Kumar would have hoped that Kangarin could have put the ball out. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's 90th minute. You want to score a goal. Uh, for the for the small story, Jacob Cole was uh, was sent to the sin bin uh, after that goal. So just like last season, uh, Tigers finished the game at nine against eleven. Ross, you? Yeah, big Lawrence Redman went into nets for the last couple of minutes of that one. He would, he would have enjoyed <laughs> that, even though. Uh, uh, probably not the time and place he wanted to go. Look, as Jeremy said, it was a dis disappointing result for, for the Tigers in the end. They would have battled through for that 91 minutes, thinking they're going to get a point out of it. But, you know, Wink and Gala needed someone to pop up. There's Jack Green doing it again. He's done it so often in the past, and he'll keep doing it. And it confounds you the way that he just seems to be in the right place at the right time. You're talking the 91st minute of the game. Your centre-back, your left, uh, left of a back three, is the furthest man forward, turning the ball in from a acute angle from any finish that any striker would have been proud of. And, and that's why Gungahlin are probably one of the favourites to still win the title. But and worryingly for them, we'll, we'll talk about their game against Togarong later, they're creating a bucket full of chances, but they're just not turning them into goals at the moment. And that would, might be something that Marcel Munoz will look at and go, well, hang on, I need to find the right combination up front, because when they do, someone's going to cop a hell of a hiding. It's, uh, it's certainly a little, a little bit of a conundrum for them to do, but in saying that, though, they're still in a very good position to finish well into this top four and, like you said, challenge for the title at the end of the season. All right, starting with the round five matchups, we'll start with Belconnen versus Monaro. 4-0 for Belconnen, Danny, Michelle, and... and Luca McCaw with two of the goals. One of them was an absolute stunning goal as well from the youngster. And in terms of uh, Monaro on the field, it's a little hard to feel it's not all doom and gloom considering this is their fourth defeat and their first heavy one. I know they've played quite well, especially in those first couple of matches. However, it, it looks very hard for them to make the final. And I don't think they technically can. Or they would need everyone else just above them to lose for that, for that to be the case. 
even if they, like I said, even if they somehow uh, beat a Targaryen side who are very informed, so it's going to be difficult for them next week. Um, but in terms of uh, Belcon, and this is a massive win for them, uh, this will not only solidify their top four hopes, however, this is their biggest uh, win of the season, so we've seen them be pretty pragmatic in a lot of the other games. They haven't exactly pumped in a lot of goals, but this is their first time, and they, sh uh, they showed today that they can put in a lot of goals uh, you know, when they need to. Russ, what were your thoughts on the game? You, of course, commentated it. Yeah, football is a cruel mistress, as they say, and it was harsh on Monero Panthers. 4-0 wasn't a fair reflection, I don't think, on the football match. I mean, Belconnen deserved to win. They created the better chances. They took their chances when they came, but the Panthers were gave as good as they got for most of it, and, and as they struggled for most of the season, just finding that final pass. Um, I, I likened it afterwards. It was some beautiful ticky-tacker football between their penalty area and the opposition penalty area, but with no real end product at the end of it, just a final pass going astray compared to ruthless efficiency from Belcon United. Um, I can remember half a dozen chances and four of them have ended up in the back of the net. Uh, Kofi Downing on his 50th MPL appearance opened the scoring and it was good for him to get on the mark. And again, and this has happened to Monero, they've conceded the first goal and they tried to find their way back into it and they got caught with a sucker punch with Liam Mickle second and you know when they pushed for a way back into the game at the end Luca McCaw um, he'd only had two NPL goals before the weekend and he's doubled his tally and the second one was an absolute belter what do you think about this result Jeremy yeah look I was I was full of hope at the beginning of the game you know 20 25 seconds in and Lukman has a as an opportunity for from one hour uh, I think yeah like just like Russ says really I think the the score is severe for them uh, they did hold for for over an hour that one nil and then Getting considering two goals in the last five minutes, um, just just make it a little bit worse than what it actually was. It's I, I understand what you were saying, Russ, in that regard. But for considering how big Monaro's squad was, and they've had quite a they like they spent quite a bit in terms of their squad. But when you compare that to someone like Targaryen, and we keep saying that Mitch Stevens is shopping on a very different budget, and you look at what he's got now, the squad in terms of efficiency and results. I know uh, Monaro have played well, but they haven't got the results. What do you, uh, what do you, where do you think it, um, it has gone wrong for Monaro so far this year? It's a difficult question to ask, ask, and if I knew the answer to that, they'd probably employ me as head coach, and Jimmy Cannery needs to be out of a job. But um, it, it's difficult because they've they've played some really good football. It's just finding that um, fluency in the final third, and you know, it, you know, football is a funny old game, as they say, in that respect, because that final pass, if it's an inch this way, an inch that way, they've had no real luck in in terms of uh, the opposition chance as well. The first goal on the weekend, Dustin Wells has gone for a volley, he's mishit it, it's landed to the only blue shirt in the six-yard box and he's turned it in the net. And you can't legislate for luck like that. Um, Lukman Ahmed Shaibu had a great chance with a header um, from six yards out. Normally he'd put that away with his eyes shut. Um, and he's, he's tried to place it in the corner, he's headed it wide. Another day he gets that wrong, it comes off the side of his head, it's probably in the goal. Mm -hmm. So it's these fine margins that just aren't going for them at the moment. And you hope that they will look at this season and go, well, OK, it's a short year, anything can happen in this. They, they had a horrible start to the year in terms of the fixtures. Let's hope for their sake they can pick up a couple of wins um, towards the end of the season if they can, that give them a little bit of momentum and keep as many of this squad together as they can for next season and then build on that. Well, they are going to be facing Tuggerong next week, who are very much in form. How do you see that one playing out? Well, it's a great game, great game to watch. I mean, it's going to be a, a good match. We will talk about Tuggerong in a minute, of course, um, but they're in with a shout at the top four if they can get a result on the weekend. Panthers would have looked at that at the start of the season and gone, that's a winnable match for us. Yep. Um, and I still think they probably think it is. Uh, they've got some quick players and um, it'll be tough for Tuggerong. 
Uh, but United on the crest of a wave at the moment. We'll talk about their win over Kungalin shortly. Um, they're unbeaten in three. Momentum, as we spoke about on this show a couple of times now, is, is, is a big thing when you're talking a very small season. This is the time to get momentum behind you as you're pushing in towards that top four when everybody is scrambling for points and yeah, they'll be hard to beat on the weekend. Okay, but before we get that, let's talk about Olympics. Olympics defeat, uh, 4-1 defeat against Tigers. Shields uh, with two goals and then one of them was a penalty. Ola Rigby with a goal and Wittier with a goal as well. Popovich scoring the only goal for Canberra Olympic. Pretty disappointing defeat for Canberra Olympic, two in a row. Like I said, especially after the one against Croatia midweek. This takes them out of the driving seat for the top four and it leaves Tuggeranong and especially Tigers ahead of them with a bit more of an advantage in that regard. And of course, like we said, it doesn't really get any easier considering they will be facing Bengal and United. Uh, but for Ryan Grogan's side, this, like I said, this is a massive win that puts them straight back into the uh, advantage race for that fourth place, especially after losing to Gungahlin and Croatia uh, the week before. And considering all the experience they have, they will fancy their chances of staying in that fourth position. Russ, what did you uh, think about this encounter? Uh, it's a result that was surprising. Um, maybe not the fact that Tigers have won, but the manner in which they've won. Perhaps you shouldn't be because they did win by the exact same scoreline um, at Nijong last year against Canberra Olympic. Uh, the manner of the result, I think, will be the disappointment for Robbie Katnach and his team. And um, as you said, they are playing catch-up now. Uh, you look at Tigers' next fixture, they've got Woden Western this weekend and they'll expect three points from that. And that'll put them on 12, which would mean that Canberra Olympic need to win both their matches to, to have a shot of making that top four assuming that we are that, that Belcon are going to pick up some points um, Belcon are playing Canberra Croatia and Tigers as well so some big big matches coming up um, I think Tigers are, 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 are Tigers are Tigers they've they've got goals in them we know this we've seen that plenty of times this season we've seen that plenty of times in the past what I'm surprised about is how solid they were defensively um, and for the way they just kicked on um, they took their chances when they came disappointing goals from Canberra Olympics point of view but you wouldn't write Canberra Olympic off. They've got six points. Um, I was telling you guys off air, rather quirk of fate. The last time Canberra Olympic lost two matches in a row was last year. They lost 2-0 uh, to Canberra Croatia. Um, and prior to that, they just lost 4-1 to Tigers FC. Now, the game after that was Gungahlin United, and they won 7-2 um, at the AIS. So they've got history in that respect. Um, and they love playing Gungahlin United. They've never lost to Gungahlin United at um, Olympic at O'Connor. They've won every single match between the two there. Uh, they've got the players to beat Gungahlin United, but they're going to have to perform a hell of a lot better than they have done. Um, I don't like to say the pressure's on Robbie Katnach because, it, as I've mentioned before, it's a short season. It's unfair really to judge people on five matches. But I understand that the atmosphere at the ground isn't, wasn't great on the weekend um, amongst the Canberra Olympic supporters. They, they don't expect to be in sixth place. Uh, this weekend is going to be absolutely huge. Um, will they do it? Well, tune in to Bar TV and find out. <laughs> how, do, how, how do you feel that one's going to play out this weekend? Uh, look, I think uh, I think Canberra Olympic, if anything, is playing Gongarin as the best time of the season. You know, they just they just lost uh, to Togolong. Um Canberra Olympic wants to bounce back, has to bounce back, uh, and they are playing Gongarin just when they're maybe losing a bit of momentum. Uh, you know, you got to hope that um, they can get that win and then makes the last uh, game really, really interesting for us to comment on. It's, it's certainly going to be a very, very interesting matchup. Now, next up, we move on to Canberra Croatia, who beat Woden Western 4-1. This is a win for Canberra Croatia that solely puts them at the top of the MPL1 ladder. 
after Gungahlin's defeat to Talgrind yesterday. This also leaves them as the only undefeated side in the competition so far in MPL 1, which of course leaves them in a fantastic stead to uh, finish in first place at the end of the season if the last two matches go their way in the regular uh, season. And of course, um, unfortunately it was a heavy defeat for Woden Western. However, there is a silver lining there considering they have scored their first goal of the competition. Getting a monkey like that off your back uh, should make it a little easier for them to move forward. And um, Russ, uh, Ulysses De Silva's side, and I think you said it on commentary once, saying, well, it, when you haven't scored a goal, it doesn't really help when uh, people like us keep uh, talking about it. So uh, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a good day for them. However, at least they got that monkey off their back. Yeah, I start with them. They're 441 minutes, and they finally got a goal. And I was saying yesterday, it, you'd have got good money on Chris McEwen to be the one to get that goal. He hadn't started a game all season and he's not a noted goal scorer of the defender, but you could see the relief in, in their faces when they did get a goal. And unfortunately for them, it pretty much poked the bear, didn't it? Because Canberra, Croatia were one up at the time, they levelled um, and then they just kicked on into gear again. Again, I don't think they played to the best of their ability. They've got a lot more in them, but they've come away with a 4-1 win. A 4-1 win, which pretty much guarantees their place in the top four. It would need a, a miracle for them not to turn over the amount of... Um, the amount of points that they would need not to get in there. I mean, had Tuggerong only drawn yesterday or Gagan won, then they would have been there done and dusted. But they're, they're pretty much there anyway with their goal difference. Um, yeah, they're going to they're gonna be tough to beat. They, again, they scored some good goals. They missed a penalty as well. I think uh, Nico Oidot hit the post with a penalty. Um, they had chances again. Uh, it, it's three points we expected Canberra Croatia to get. And it's the manner of victory we expected them to, to win by, probably three goals or so. But I'm just so glad for Woden that they got that monkey off their back. They didn't want to go a whole season without a goal. They've got one now. Hopefully they can build on that. That gives them something to, to cling to as well, which I think is really important. Do you think they can uh, build on that, Jeremy, on Woden Weston? Yeah, exactly. And I think the, the particularity of this season, right, is that uh, when it's over, it's not over. They're going to have a little run-robin uh, to play afterwards where they can keep building on it. You know, you, you want them to have points in the last two games it's not going to be easy against Tigers this weekend uh, but once that's over they still have that little run robin afterwards so scoring a goal will definitely bring momentum at the point again though that will annoy Yuli De Silva is that I spoke to him ahead of the um, match against Monero Panthers the other week and he said they keep conceding in the first quarter of an hour and it gives them something that backs against the wall straight away and it happened again on the weekend it was a very scrappy goal from Jason Greenwich but they're behind again and, and at any level if you go behind consistently early on not only does it give you a mountain decline but it starts putting those doubts in your mind about you know oh here we go again um, fortunately for, for them and I think this is a credit to him and his team they actually put that away and they, they went back up the other end and they got that equaliser okay it didn't work out for them um, at the end of the 90 minutes but I think they could take great credit from that for Dini Greenwich another three points uh, another performance that keeps them in you said unbeaten um, they're just peaking uh, and they will peak um, over the right time they've, they've got Balcon on this weekend always a good clash that one mm -hmm. the, the granddaddy of uh, clashes in Canberra between <laughs> two of the old old stages um, they don't want to lose that. <laughs> They've lost the last two at home to Belcon. They don't want to make it three in a row. They certainly have. And considering, I know it's a different, a different season under a different coach. However, um, I remember we were sitting here at the start of the preview saying they need to have a really good start to the season. And, I th and it, it's just, they've just had the epitome of the start of, the start of a good season. Have they uh, came across compared to last season? Momentum's a word we've kept, yeah. we've talked about here, and we, we talked about it all through this podcast, um, through the series that we've done, and, and we talked about it tonight. 
think back to round one. They've scored a 91st minute winner against Monero Panthers at 1-1. If you if you if you draw that game, you know that momentum's not there. But you've you've snuck a win in a game that you probably shouldn't have won. Um, Monero had chances to to win that game. They, they had a penalty turned down, which looked like a penalty. But Canberra FC grinded it out got there at the end snuck a winner and all of a sudden you're like well we've got three points in the bag we've not played well we can be much better than this and I know having talked spoke to Junior Greenwich as well that often the boys come off the chain at the park and they're not happy with the performance they put in and they and they wouldn't have been happy with the performance they put in against Canberra Olympic on Wednesday but again they've come away with three points and this is what how we used to talk about Canberra FC as they work Croatia Deakin Canberra Deakin whatever you called them back in the day they'd always do that to you they'd play poorly and then they'd have a spell where they'd score two goals in a quick succession like they did against Olympic and before you know it the game's gone Indeed. Now let's move on to the uh, last matchup of round five. A lot of talking points in this one. Gungarlan uh, lost 2-1 to Tagron. Peterkin and Gaia with the goals and Barbatano with the goal for Gungarlan. Okay, there's been a lot of talk about this, so let's uh, discuss the red card to begin with. Costanzo was given a, a red card for reportedly clipping his opponent. A uh, huge call for the official to make. In my opinion, I didn't believe it was a red as the Tagron player was not running towards the goal he was uh looked like he was running towards the corner post um hence i didn't think it was really obstructing a goal scoring opportunity um however and i'm just trying to think and in terms of uh, that decision being made because i know some of the rules uh, some of the refs have been told um if you're denying a goal scoring opportunity if it's if it's a, if it's a tackle gone wrong you can give a yellow however if it's a trip clip shirt tug or a or a push uh half the time it's usually a red so for me, I guess the big discussion is, was it actually a, a that everyone has been talking about? Was it actually a denying a goal-scoring opportunity? I mean, for me, it personally wasn't. I'll ask your opinion uh, very soon. Um, I'm, I've seen a lot of people have even questioned online whether it's a foul or not. I mean, I did believe at the very least, uh, it could be a, a yellow. There's not, I wouldn't um, have an issue with that at all. I guess the question, my, uh, my question is to you, Russ. Um, considering it was very quick, uh, from a counter-attack straight away from the Tuggeron box. Do you think the ref was in a good enough to position to make that call immediately or uh, without, you know, sort of consulting with the assistant ref or the, um, or the, assist, or the uh, linesman considering it was a massive call to make? Well, first off, um, I probably don't think it was a red card in my opinion. I'm not the referee, but I don't think it was a red. I think straight away it looked like it was a, a clip of the heel. And um, I did speak to Marco Gar afterwards and he said he was caught and then he clipped his own feet and down he went. Uh, personally, I thought it was a yellow card. The referee was decisive, made the decision very quickly, went over there, decided to give the red. And, and that's a football decision. And we've spoke about this off air and that's what football is. It happens. Um, in terms of positioning, not much more she could do. Um, they, like you said, it was a very long ball forward in good position. You've got to take into consideration that the near side um, assistant is way down the other end of the field. The far side assistants clearly can't see the clip from where they are because it's across, right across the near side. So it's very difficult for those officials. Have they got that one wrong? Probably. Um, and I think they will hold their hands up and go, yeah, looking back at it, probably not a red card at the fence and possibly a yellow. Um, is that is that football? Yeah, it is football. I mean, that's what happens. We see incidents, plenty of incidents. I've seen a screen grab today of the first Gungarland goal that looks like Michael John is is offside when Zach Barbatano flicks the ball to him for the one-two. So, you know, there's your swings and roundabouts in football. It happens. Um, don't like the social media vilification of match officials. I mean, the discussion points that happen, discuss them like we are here and we discuss the issues and we go, well, is that the card? And we all have our opinions on it. At the end of the day, the only opinion that matters on the field is the referees. She's decided it's red 
And whilst we might not agree with that, everyone has to live with it. And we get on with it and we move on to the next talking point, um, which no doubt there'll be more of on the weekend. Well, what did you uh, think about that, um, Jeremy? Yeah, I think I'd have to agree with, with you too as far as the decision. Uh, it's definitely a yellow. Um, the red sounds a bit severe, but definitely agreeing with Russ. Russ uh, you know, I'm, I was a referee myself. Uh, a bit younger and, and those mistakes happen. Uh, and this when, man understands. When, when, and when you're, on the, when you're on the field and you make a call, you make a call. And she didn't hesitate uh, and she went straight for it. It just happened. I know that you could see that Costanzo was the first one uh, surprised because it doesn't look like it's done necessarily on purpose. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a red card. I think, uh, I think Marcial Minos uh, showed real class uh, just taking the decision the way it was and, and not really dwelling on it. Uh, so, so did most, much of the team uh, of Ungalen. Uh, and I think that those, those decisions will happen uh, and the game will just keep going. And the key, as you say, is that she was decisive. It wasn't a dithery decision, didn't come over and saw something straight away that decided that that was a red card offence. And that's why we put them in the middle. And we're talking about Delfina Domoski here, who was referee of the year for both men and women last year. So mm -hmm. she knows what she's doing. Human like the rest of us, though. Um, we all make mistakes. I make mistakes in commentary. I'm sure you have as well, Jeremy. And, and we all make mistakes from time to time. It's just a question of, you know, at the end of the day, we go, OK, we all move on from it. It's not the end of the world. It's a disappointment for Gungahlin United. Question is, did it cost them the points? Mm -hmm. Maybe it did, maybe it didn't. It's difficult to say, isn't it? It was 1-1 at the time. There was 20 minutes to play. They'd missed a lot of chances before that as well. But credit to Tuggerong United. No one want to talk a little bit about the game rather than the incident as well. Well, that was my next which question. Is, which is, I think, where you were going, Matt, was because they showed, um, once again, a mini blueprint of how to play Gungahlin United. It was very similar to the way that Canberra Olympic did at the AIS last year. It was a high press, not letting them have any time on the ball and roughing them up a little bit, to be honest, getting in, stuck in, getting involved. Um, I spoke to Mitch Stevens afterwards. And I did say to him, I thought it was uh, some of his players putting the best shift in the Tuggerong United shirt I've seen from them as individuals. Probably Marco Gaia for sure. Looked really up for the game. God has got the match winner as well, as we well know, um, in the 2-1 win. Uh, young Harrison Bunnell at the back was excellent once again. Ewan Peterkin drove in midfield. Cam Doherty, Sean Kiddy. Not one player in a Tuggerong shirt last night um, had a bad game. On the other hand, uh, Marcel Munoz made six changes from the side that played Tigers, and it made it, and that went to seven when Gabriel Asinga was forced to come in for Josh Laguda just prior to kickoff. It, he rotates his team, and, and he knows his players better than we do, and he likes his rotation of players. Did that cost them from cohesion and fluency? You watched the full ninety minutes, Jeremy, on 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 Wednesday. Mm -hmm. They didn't look as cohesive, did they? No, definitely, I agree, and and I think. When I spoke to um, Martial and, uh, and Jack Green early the, before the season, they did say that their main opponent is themselves. Uh, and trying to play that rotation game, they constantly, I guess, challenge themselves, not make it easier for them, right? Uh, but it's probably, you know, we don't know what's going on in training. It's probably just getting ready for that second round Robin. He wants everyone to be involved, which everyone wants. It's a short season. Uh, did he think that doing that, he would still be able to get a result being Tugwenong? Uh, that was a risk to take, uh, and unfortunately, it didn't go his way. I think he did. I mean, uh, the 11 he put out on the park was still a very good football side. And, and, and you look, at, uh, there's no way he's picking a team to go, well, we're not going to win this game. Um, <laughs> he's picked a team that he thinks is going to do the job against Tuggerong. I think he would be a little bit disappointed with their execution in some of their, um, in, in the final third. Um, the build-up was great, again, as it always is with Gungahlin United. It was pretty to watch. And uh, Michael John was a little isolated at times. I think they need to get some players in and around him and a bit more care in front of goal. Um, but take nothing away from Tuggerong United, who thoroughly deserved that victory. 
And, and they certainly know how to uh, play against the big teams. And I, I do remember when I spoke to Mitch Stevens, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now after they went against Woden, um, and I heard him in the interview we're about to play now that, that he had with Michael as well, he said, uh, he's like, I keep saying it, but we are building for next season. We are building. But in saying that though, considering how they started the season, it seems like the building has taken a, the building project has taken a fast forward and in a good way. Well, just looking at it though, Matt, as well, and I mentioned it in the call yesterday, Telgorong United have a very good record against Gungahlin United, so it's hard to say this is an upset because I think for the last five times they've played at home, Telgorong have won four of them and it's been a draw. So, I mean, technically this was a home game for Telgorong or Hawker, <laughs> but you, you have clubs um, that, that you're nemesis and that you, they have a hex on you and you, for whatever you do, you can't beat them. Turns out for Manchester United, it's Sevilla because that's <laughs> twice they've been knocked out of Europe by them now. To be fair, Sevilla is amazing in the Europa League. Five times they, they, they are like amazing. I was looking at something this morning. 78th minute, they knocked United out of the Champions League a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. 78th minute this morning. <laughs> but there you go. They have a hex on the side. Some sides you just can't beat. And, and I think for Gungahlin United, it's probably Tuggerong. It certainly is. And uh, like I said before, Michael had a chat to Marcel Munoz straight after the game yesterday. Okay, so obviously a 2-1 defeat at the um, expense of a really good uh, result for Tuggeranong. Not so much for you guys, your first loss of the season. How how do you summarise that match that that occurred tonight? Oh, look, it was uh, a tale of two halves, I think. Um, we We certainly weren't in it. Um, you know, uh, in the in the first forty five minutes, I thought that they were highly, you know, physical, very direct uh, team who loves to um, to play on that second ball. Um, although they did cause us a few issues uh, in the press initially, but then we, we were able to, to play out of them. And then in the second half, we were we were the much better team, regardless of whether we had it. Uh, unfortunately, with the with the send off, which. Um, I have looked back and it, it certainly did not look like a like a send off uh, offence, um, and I think that we were still better with ten, uh, and we created far more opportunities than, than than they did certainly in the in the second half. So uh, yeah, I, I think it was a tale of two halves, unfortunately for us. Yeah, and just to sort of uh, wrap up on that red card. Um, incident it was a little strange I've had a look back at it as well and it certainly just looked like a natural sort of uh, trip as the players were sort of coming uh, together it's a bit of a strange red card just how much did that obviously um, sort of put a spanner in the works and how you how oh, your team went about it absolutely it changes the the whole complexion of the game um, it, you know if you first got to realign re- the shape of the team mm-hmm. Um, you have to move players into in maybe positions that they're not used to playing, um, and then you have to obviously then then you know um, attack and defend in, in, in different ways. Um, and so I, you know I think that absolutely that had a bearing on on the final result. Um, you know, did we necessarily play a uh, you know a full ninety minutes where, where I think that uh, we deserved the the win or? Or a draw, maybe not, but uh, I certainly think that that had a, a huge bearing on, on the outcome of the game. Absolutely. Michael also had a chat to Tuggeron coach Mitch Stevens straight after the game yesterday. Fantastic result. Your, your best result of the season thus thus far, uh, without a doubt. I mean, how do you summarise that that uh, that ninety minutes? There, there was a lot that went on in that in that game uh, tonight for sure. Uh, probably pretty hard to make a summary. 
every mate. You know, we, we had 11 guys that were men of the match. It was really, it was tactically, we set out with a game plan and, and the guys executed it so, so well. Um, I don't think, I wonder if summary would do justice to the performance tonight. Yeah, right. And obviously one of the big talking points is the, is the red card. I mean, have you, have you watched it back at all? And I guess you, you have to kind of move forward with whatever decision um, is made by the, by the referee. So I guess how, what were your thoughts on the, on the red card and, and, and your team's response afterwards to eventually go on and score the winning goal? Well, I suppose first of all with the red card, it's a difficult job being a central referee. And yeah, I, I probably agree. It looked like a little bit, it was a little bit harsh. Um, but mate, it's it swings and roundabouts in football. Um, I thought we were a little unlucky in round one when we had to send off, you know, for two yellow cards in the in the first half. So yeah. sometimes you get them, sometimes you don't. And as you've touched on, it's it's the response after that you're looking for and, and going with. And yeah, so uh, yeah, that that's about it for the recap for me. Yep, excellent. And and lastly, I guess, how does this result set you up now um, moving forward? Is it it was a bit of a tough start uh, to the season, but you've actually put together some really good performances and, and results in, in most recent weeks. How do you go about um, moving forward with this team um, after this result? Um, I mean, to be totally honest, I mean, you know, you guys sort of asked me similar questions after, you know, we considered five against Olympic and, and a couple against Kuma and, mm. and I said the same thing then. And it, it's, this season for us is about building something for 2021. Um, now, results against, I mean, the best side in Canberra, you know, that's, that's super, that you like confidence with the guys, that the process and the principles we follow are, are bang on. Um, so, really, you know, the next weekend we do the same again and we look at different combinations, we look at ways we, we progress through the week and um, it's all gearing towards, you know, a big 20 to 1. But I thought tonight was about showing that it wasn't just the way we, you know, wasn't just the results and it was the way we beat them. Um, I thought we went toe-to-toe with the best side in Canberra and, and came in on top deservedly. Uh, and I think that's the big thing we take from the game. Okay, so discussing next week's fixtures, NPL Round 6, we have Canberra Olympic versus Gungahlin United, Saturday 3pm from O'Connor Enclosed. Then we have Monaro Panthers versus Tuggerong United, Saturday 5.30 at Riverside Football Stadium. Then we have Tigers FC against Woden Western, Sunday 3pm at Nijong Oval. And then we also have Canberra Croatia versus Belcon United, Sunday 3.15pm from Deakin Stadium. Russ, you will be commentating the Olympic, uh, sorry, the Olympic Angala match and the Canberra Croatia Belcon match. They should two, be two absolute crackers. Now, let's move on to the MPLW. And we have one of... Uh, the main uh, reporters on the MPLW, of course, in uh, Jerry McGann, who's done a very, very good job with that. Soon we'll be calling you the uh, the MPLW expert, I think. Um, so we started off with the match that we both commentated together, Canberra Croatia versus Canberra United Academy, 3-1. Gill with two goals, Palombi also with a goal, and then Canberra United Academy, uh, Canavan scored as well. These were all absolutely fantastic goals. Well, I said to, I think we said to Nick Brozenich after the match, why is there, there just only bangers in this match? It's fantastic goals. And it was a very good performance by uh, Cam Croatia, I thought. Um, they dominated most of the possession, especially in the first half. I mean, Grace Gill was absolutely on fire. Both of her goals, two uh, beautiful goals uh, with a lot of power behind them as well. And the assist with the back heel, as I'm sure you'll mention as well. Definitely an MVP performance. And then Cambry United Academy, I thought... Um, they started a little bit pragmatic, but it worked well considering, um, like I'm sure you're going to mention, against Canberra, United, uh, Canberra Olympic last week, they came out of the boxes raring to go. So I'm sure that's why Scott O'Donnell set up his side ladder. And to be fair, it worked well at first. 
Um, however, there's just too, uh, too much quality on that Canberra Croatia team that was able to overcome that. Jeremy, uh, what did you think of how the match played out? Yeah, look, I, I think it was a, a great game to, to commentate, uh, you and me, Matt. Uh, and I think before the game, I, in, in my preview, I discussed uh, the experience of Canberra Croatia against the, the youth of, of Canberra Intel Academy. And I had singled out Grace Gill, and she definitely answered uh, two, goal and, and two goals and one assist. Uh, I think to, to Canberra United Academy's credit, um, they did play the way you're supposed to play against Canberra Croatia, putting someone on Grace Gill uh, from the beginning. Doesn't help that um, Katie Theo, who's been amazing, um, in a central defender had to uh, go out on injury. Uh, that said, Daisy Canavan replacing her did, did an awesome job and, and scored the goal uh, for for the academy. Uh, I think you know. I think every time every time we commentate the academy and, and then talk about it, um, I remind myself that they, they are in training. They are yep. young players, and you know Nick Brodenik told us that at the end of the game, uh, when you play against the the academy, you can't you can't press the way you want to press because they're going to run the park all along the 90 minutes uh, and you have to adapt and they also are learning and I think playing against Grace Gill, I mean we, we said her name many times during the game, Annalise Grove who was trying to close on, on Grace Gill, she's a young talent uh, and she's definitely learned a lot about how to defend against such class player. And, and, and one thing, uh, sorry to cut you off there, no, that I thought not. very um, was interesting about Canberra United Academy, we've done, uh, we've, we've all I've at least covered one game, you've covered a little more on them. One thing I found impressive about them, especially in the first 20-something minutes, is how often they actually won the ball from tackles. I thought, um, physicality-wise, they did quite well, considering a lot of them are smaller than the, obviously, the younger, but a lot of them are also not as big as the Canberra, United, uh, sorry, as the Canberra Croatia team. So I was very impressed when they were going up against, some of them were like half their size, and they were actually either winning the ball or uh, uh, interrupting them so they lost the ball which I thought was actually quite impressive, especially in the first 20-something minutes from uh, Cambridge United Academy. So there's a lot of uh, positives there, despite the loss to Scott O'Donnell. Exactly, and, and I'd put my hand up and say that in the first few games that I watched uh, of the Academy, I thought what they were missing was that aggressivity, uh, which, again, you, you can't really blame them because they're a bit younger and they're learning to play against those, those experienced players. Uh, but I think they really, really stepped up uh, this weekend. Then, then it just comes to sometimes individual talent. And, you know, Grace Gill scores too, but she also um, put a free kick on the crossbar, uh, so she could have scored more. Um, and, and the Academy, what they had in the first couple of games, the first three games, sorry, that they didn't have this weekend is too many chances. The, the defense of Canberra Croatia knew that they were against three really, really fast strikers, and they just dropped a little bit lower. Uh, Rhiannon Fensum, who's been amazing since the beginning of the season, did not leave an inch of space to um, Haley Taylor Young, who we know is one of the best strikers to to bless the um, the NPLW. Uh, so, so I think you know, all in all, it was a great game. Uh, it's deserved for Canberra Croatia. Uh, Grace Gill, that back heel for uh, Brittany Polombi was amazing, um, and, and the whole team really played well. Um, I hope that Canberra United Academy can get a few more points and end up being uh, in the top four uh, because they definitely work hard the whole 90 minutes. What do you think about this result, Russ? I think Jeremy summed it up quite well there, actually. I mean, the, you, 
you mentioned the aggressivity of the players in the first three or four rounds. They're young, they're coming in to a competition that they don't really know. And I think now we're five rounds in, they've realised actually we can compete at this level. It is difficult, and I've said this before with Canberra United Academy, and most of them are in that first year of that transition. Next year, they'll be a much better football side as they are again. But And this is always one of the hardest games of the season for them, Canberra Croatia, the experience of the players that you mentioned there as well. To, to come away with just a 3-1 and, and, you know, they were level for for about 55 minutes of that game and, and it took something special for Canberra Croatia to come away with a victory that's what um, we expect from Nick Brosnich's team he would have expected to win the game um, but they always know they're going to get a hard game with Canberra Academy you mentioned the fact that they get involved in the tackles they press really hard and they're full of energy they just don't stop um, from one minute to 90 and and that's what gets them to that level. And we'll expect to see that group grow. Annalise Grove, you mentioned, was excellent last year. She's stepping up again. Um, and like you said, 90 minutes against Grace Gill again is another learning curve for us. She'll come off the back of that and go, OK, learn plenty today. And next time might not be so easy. And, and I think uh, I think to finish, uh, again, something to put to the credit to Camerata Academy is on the first few games, Grace Gill starts as a striker. And once the game is sort of sorted, she comes down and becomes a midfield against the academy. She had to stay up front for the whole game, uh, to, which shows again how hard it was to, to beat the academy for Canberra Croatia. Indeed, and uh, let's not forget Canberra Croatia are also undefeated along with Gungahlin and uh, Canberra Olympic. So it's, it's definitely uh, a race to see who comes first between three clubs at the moment this season, which is fantastic to see. And we've seen Canberra Croatia score a lot of goals. And if, if you're a neutral and you didn't watch the match, but you're just seeing these results, you're going, geez, they're looking good. And they certainly are. But one thing I found interesting is I talked to the uh, president of Canberra Crash straight after it. And he said, yeah, it was a good win, but there's, uh, they're, they're, just, they're, they're, they're not firing as they usually do yet, which to me seems a bit scary considering how many goals they are scoring <laughs> at the moment. If the, if the president thinks there's a lot more in them, uh, he was very happy with the win and the performance. But if he thinks there's more to come, I'd, I, I, think that's a, I think that's a little bit scary in that regard considering uh, how great they've been, especially over the last two matches. They've scored, well... How many goals now? I actually forgot the first one. Is 6-4, correct? 5-3. I'm thinking about MPL 2. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there we go. Eight, eight goals in the past two matches. Absolutely insane from them. To, to be fair, they did uh, concede seven goals um, in four games. So I don't, I don't know any coaches would be happy with that. So I can understand. Especially that. with Balcony United looming on the horizon. Exactly. In a couple I, of weeks. That's two weeks' time. Uh, <laughs> I'm very, very... I'm looking forward to that one. I'm sure we'll be commentating that one, Jeremy. That is going to be an absolute cracker. Game. <laughs> I think I'm on it, yeah, because oh, it's yeah. a Deacon Stadium, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just oh, there we go. the double header. <laughs> you guys will be there though. Mm-hmm. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we we uh, <laughs> there we go. We get the uh, we'll the push. We got the push aside for. <laughs> we we'll cover three for, games that weekend. For, 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 for the Canberra football expert, I'm, I'm <laughs> <laughs> only joking, of course. Now, next up, we have Wagga City Wanderers against Monaro Panthers. Five-one win. Wagga City Wanderers' first win of the season. They've got Lock- uh, Lockley uh, scored a double, Castle scored with a penalty, and she also scored another goal as well, and Harris scored also. Monaro, we had uh, Hardwick who scored a fantastic goal from well over uh, 30 metres, probably 40 metres it looked like, maybe even more. Um, like I said, it's a massive win for the Wanderers, uh, their first points, let alone a uh, win of the season. So um, if you've watched some of their recent games, it was, it was only really a matter of time, as I'm sure you're going to discuss, um, Jeremy, because of the way they played and um, uh, the way they've been playing, they've been playing quite well. When I spoke to Sam Gray uh, before the season started, he was um, telling me about his project and he's going to discuss it a little more in the interview that we're going to play at the end of this discussion. However, uh, he, he really just feels like it was a matter of time. And in terms of Monaro, uh, look, another day, a bad day at the office. We've said several times and um, 
and I'm sure when you've discussed it with him, uh, Paul said the same thing. It's difficult for them considering um, uh, that the majority of their uh, squad is, is a lot younger than everyone else and they don't have as much experience. And he's said before to me, he's uh, they're trying to take the positives over every game and keep building for the future. And also in this interview, he'll be discussing uh, what their building project is at Monaro. Like I said, great golfer, Rachel Hardwick, though. I mean, absolutely fantastic. And I, but the aim for them um, is to uh, get something out of the um, rescheduled second half, not full game, second <laughs> half, against Woden on Thursday night at Woden Park enclosed at 7.30 if anyone wants to go see that 45 minutes of football, preferably if you live in the area, uh, in terms of... Uh, uh, in terms of timing and how long you would usually stay at a match. Uh, but Jeremy, what do you uh, think about this uh, fantastic result for Wagga? Yeah, exactly. And look, I'm, I'm happy for, for Sam Gray, the, the Scotsman, very, very enthusiastic uh, at Wagga City Wanderers. Uh, I think, you know, for, for the Panthers, it's always hard right, when you're going to concede two goals in the first five minutes uh, and two goals that were a little bit uh, a little bit lucky. The first one's a cross that ends up in the in the side netting, and the second one is uh, one of those uh, balls just under the bar. Uh, I think Wagga City Wanderers, since the beginning of the season, has shown a lot of potential, uh, a lot of strength in the midfield, and a lot of skills and pace up front with uh, Lockley Hinchin uh, and Bakari. Uh, so I think it's a, it's good for them that they finally get points on the ladder. Uh, they, they definitely deserve to have some points earlier. Uh, in the season. Uh, we've also seen the first red card of the season in NPLW during this game, uh, Sebi Tembi Compton being uh, sent off for, for a second yellow at the 60th minute. Uh, look, I think Wagga City Wanderers will try and, and, and build on that uh, game. And like you said, for the Panthers, uh, it's about building for the future. Uh, coming back to Hardwick's goal, uh, she, was, she was a Wanderer last year, so maybe she knew that uh, she has chances to score if she if she try and she tried those very very long free kicks. She was almost halfway. Uh, beautiful free kick. Yeah, she played for the Wanderers last year, and Sam Ems in the goal knew that it was coming, but she couldn't <laughs> she couldn't really do anything about it. To be honest, it was um it was a, just a good good hit, and we've seen her score. She scored a free kick against Tuggerong as well. She's mm-hmm. got it in a locker. I was had a chat with Sam Gray actually just prior to the match yesterday. Um, Gave him a, a quick call and a bit of a chat, and he was pretty happy with the way his young charges are going. Very happy with Maddie Harris's performance and her headed goal in the second half, and um, Bradley Nicholson as well put in another good showing. Stoked for Megan Castle to get off the mark mm-hmm. with a penalty, and and she took it really well. If you get the chance to see the highlights, for a player that hasn't scored this season, just bury that in the top corner. Um, and I'm going to disagree slightly with that second one for Piper Lockley. I've seen her do things like that in the past, that little chip over the keeper. I think that was a classy left foot effort, to be fair, from the midfielder. Uh, good group of players that Sam Gray's got there, and they're all really young. And again, if he can keep them ticking on, and, and, and we mentioned a few weeks back that he's attracting players from interstate as well to come and play for his group. Um, and that can only point to a really good culture and a, and a promising time for that football club, um, not just in their women's, but in their men's, which we'll talk about later. We certainly will. Wagga, the Wagga City um, fans, the faithful and the uh, board will be very, very happy with how both senior teams are competing in both of those competitions. Uh, like I mentioned before, I had a chat with Wagga City coach Sam Gray earlier today. First and foremost, impressive win for your girls yesterday. What did you make of the uh, overall team performance? I think the, the team epic from the start of the game was fantastic. The girls, we spoke every game about each positional role how, and how it feeds into the team roles and the girls took it all on board. We've worked on it at training. It's, it's been a, a few weeks coming, the win. Um, we've been close in every game. I think if you take the Olympic game aside, we've made some errors there that cost us goals and we 
And yeah, you mentioned how you felt like this um, this result was uh, was uh, only only a matter of time, considering your team's performances. Can you just explain a little bit uh, what you guys have uh, done in the off season? You said to me before that you brought in um, a lot of new players. It's a big rebuilding project at the moment. Can you just explain a little bit for the listeners um, what that reprojecting real rebuilding sorry project has been like at Wagga City this year? Yeah, look, it's been. Um... As a club, we took the decision to continue our development through bringing youth players through, but we have a core group of experienced players that, you know, they've helped gel everything together. And like most clubs, um, when you're going through a rebuilding process, it's the hardest part for a club. Um, You'll find that if you lose so many players at once and you happen to bring so many in, it, it takes a while to gel. Pre-season was going really well until obviously the pandemic of COVID struck. That left us 12 weeks without any training, but we all kept in touch via Zoom meetings and phone calls and whatever. And then when we got back on the park, it was very pleasing to see, you know, 20 players at training every week, both sessions. And that, that for us is a huge step forward. And next week, you guys have the uh, reigning champions, Belconnie United. Um, what are you guys looking to get out of that match? Are you just um, looking to uh, put in the best performance you guys can do, considering Belcon and our Belcon? Uh, we'll continue to, to play the way that we enjoy playing the game. We'll keep the ball, try to move forward when we can. Can't go forward, then we'll come back, rebuild, reset get ourselves right, lots of movement off the ball. And I think that's been a, a team ethic this this season. We've worked very hard on our you know, the movement off the ball to create options. And honestly, every game presents an opportunity to learn for our players. And we see it we look at the you know, short term wins and points and that it has a long term process for us. The long term process is I also had a quick chat to Paul Townsley earlier today. Long trip for you guys to Wagga yesterday. Not the result you guys would have uh, hoped for. What did you make of how the game played out overall? I think, um, you know, from our point of view, we had uh, you know several players missing. One or two players, you know, um, we started very badly, um, conceding two goals very very early. Um, Wagga kept possession of the ball pretty well and, and, and I think that um, if I was honest I think that's probably one of our, our probably worst team performance um, of the year not taking anything away from what I thought you know some good qualities that Wagga should um, I think we probably performed under power and I think they, they, they actually performed pretty well so um, you know good luck to, to them the rest of the season and I'm sure they'll uh, compete quite well so it's been a difficult season so far, and you've you've told me before that you guys are trying to take the uh, the best bits out of your matches and build on it. Considering uh, she, uh, considering the younger, there's a lot of young players in the team, and not as much experience as the other teams around. For the listeners, can you just explain a little bit about your uh, your project at Manara and what you guys are planning to achieve in this uh, long term project? I think as a, a long term project, I think we're uh, we're looking to build both on the technical skills of the girls. And also their tactical awareness. Um, you know, I'm building the girls up from obviously 13s, 15s. Um, 
genuinely we'll have potentially six or seven girls progressing to reserves and quite a few of those have actually played reserves already this year um, and, and, and accomplished pretty well you know and been relatively competitive at times um, you know longer term we've got to build the first grade um, in order to uh, promote and develop the, the, the squads as a whole but we've uh, you know we started with very limited numbers this year I think we've, we've we've worked very very hard to get where we are and I think you know the the performances on the field have shown that um, you know there is a little bit of quality there and that you know with work um, you know there's one or two girls that will, will continue to progress and continue to develop and um, we're very young, you know quite a young squad uh, you know, I think uh, Bella Wallace, I think who's 16, has been an absolute standout um, in right, and continues to develop. Um, Brooke Jones has played consistently in uh, reserve grade, and um, you know, she came on at the weekend um, for first grade. So I think that, that there's promise and there's development coming through, and I think that um, we've, you know, we're in there now for this, uh, you know a three-year plan to, to, to see where we can be over next next year. You know, Wagga have been there, um, Warden have been there, and, you know, they're seeing the fruits of that hard work and commitment. Um, so, yes, I'm really uh, optimistic for the future. Um, but, you know, some days are tough because uh, we're not where we want to be yet. So, next up in NPLW, we had Gungahlin United against Tuggerong United for one. It was a bit of a soaked pitch for this encounter, Jeremy. I mean, uh, Gungahlin, though, it's a very important win because at the end of the day, uh, the two teams just below them in Canberra, Croatia, and Belconnen both have a match in hand, so they need to get as many points as they can before they have their buy so they can stay in that race for the um, top spot. And, of course, it will most likely all come down uh, to the final game of the season, I would say, between uh, Gungahlin and Canberra Croatia in terms of what's going to happen with that top spot and, of course, the match that's going to be happening in two weeks between Belconnen and Canberra Croatia. One thing I will say about uh, some of the Gungahlin goals is that first one, what an absolutely beautiful ball from Stella DeMarco. I've been singing, all pra singing her praises all year, um, all, all season, sorry, I should say, ever since that first match that we commentated, Jeremy, against Canberra Olympic. What a fantastic player she is. For me, she's been one of the best players of the season. That through ball was fantastic. The way she dictates play, so big props to her. And it was a very good finish as well from Miro. Um, uh, of course, I'm sure um, we've got a big milestone coming out of that one. Erica Pennyfield with her 150th MPLW appearance in that one. She brings a lot of experience, of course, to this side. And in terms of Tugger on that, I mean, they, they, made it, uh, they made a half a gun garland. It was nil-nil mm -hmm. by half time. And uh, Michael Aldred would, would have been happy with that first half performance, without a doubt. And like I said, though, uh, it's, it's going to be um, interesting to see how they uh, finish the season because they haven't exactly been putting in bad performances. So I'm sure it'll, uh, it'll eventually come for Tuggeron. What did you make up of the, make of the matchup, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I think uh, Gonga United wants to get as many points as possible. They're, they're on the bye this weekend, and there's a chance that they end up being third on the table. Uh, if both Belconnen and Canberra Croatia win this weekend. Uh, Turgonong United probably put on the best game they have this season uh, against Gongalin. You know, 
probably no stranger to the fact that uh, Emma Stanbury just joined the team, uh, the West, Westfield W League player. Um, she had a couple of opportunities to actually score as well, uh, which have been definitely a, a different game if she had put those ones in the in the first half. I think the whole the whole team in Tergrenong is young. Uh, I've interviewed Rhiannon Desley early this uh, this week. She's uh, she's not 25 and she's probably the oldest player in that in that side. Um, so I think it's great to have a, a player with standard experience to to grow and and be and be better in the next few seasons. Um, Diego Iglesias uh, was just telling me that uh, he was obviously super happy to get a win just before the bye. Uh, you know, he, he definitely shares your enthusiasm when he goes to uh, Stella De Marco. She's, she works really hard. Uh, she has an impeccable vision. That that, um, that assist was beautiful. Uh, he, he did say that he, he think that he could have had some better finishing uh, and he could have secured that win a little bit earlier and he's not really happy that they considered a goal in the last minute of the game. No coach would be happy about that. Uh, but at the end of the day, still undefeated. Um, they, are, they are really on the on the right path. And when we've seen them playing a couple of times now, commenting a couple of times, sorry, and seen them playing four times, uh, they are just a strong side. They are just so um, you know so so able to move and so flexible and adaptable. Sorry, I should say. Uh, and I don't see, although they don't have, I think, a killer up front. Uh, Aitolu plays up front, then Miro plays up front. Uh, the danger can come from everywhere. Um, I'm surprised Pennyfield was not on the score sheet this weekend because she's been so good. But I think that rotation, I think, will help them uh, against the uh, the bigger, like, well, when I mean bigger sides, I mean uh, historically bigger sides because they're proving to be one of those big sides this season. I think it will help that rotation, having Miro have, uh, play up front a bit and then Aitolu dropping and then all three of the midfield, three of Legions and and DeMarco and Miro, or if it's Aitolu, let's say they all um, move around. One of them plays on left and the other plays in the centre, and it's always rotation. He always keeps them guessing. He said that in one of the... I think it was after the Cambry United game when I interviewed him. He said it on this podcast. Uh, you can go back and check that out. He said that's that's key. I really want to keep every single opponent guessing, which is a credit to uh, Diego Iglesias and Gungal. And What did you think of uh, this result, Russ? Yeah, getting the job done. Um, they needed the points. They got the points. Um, credit to Tuggerong United for holding them out for 45 minutes. I think... As you said, Michael Aldridge doing a good job with that side. Their, their, their performances this season are much more competitive than they were last year. Uh, they'll be disappointed again that they, they've not been able to kick on in the second half. But as you said, really young group. Uh, you mentioned Rihanna Daisley. I think uh, 100 games, though, she's played and she's 25. I mean, she could get uh, you know 300 <laughs> under about by the time she finishes. Um, you know, those two goals at the start of the second half, the second one was a bit unfortunate with the header, wasn't it? It took a bit of a deflection past mm-hmm. the goalkeeper. Uh, but credit to Tuggeron, fought to the very end, got, got their rewards with substitute Sophie Bowie scoring. And you just got to hope that they keep taking something from these matches, which um, most people will look at and go, well, they're not going to get anything, they're not going to win this game. And similar to the men's against Gungal, and you look at it and they battle, they battle, and they fought hard. Needs to, um, I think get some players in in different areas to help him I think like you said experience of Stanbury certainly helps a couple more signings like that would definitely push them up the ladder but you've got to remember that as you say next year they'll be a year older again and if Michael Audrey can keep that group together I think they'll do well as for Gungahlin United we mentioned at the start of the season we think they're real contenders this year um, we saw against Belconnen that yes they were probably second best for quite a lot of the game and probably Belconnen should have won that match with the amount of chances and uh, set pieces that they had but they didn't and that's what happens in football. And, you know, on their day, Gungahlin can beat anyone and they're one to watch. 
and, and I think so. Sorry, just to, to finish on that on that game, we talk about uh, the offense of, of both teams. I, I really like the defense in both those teams. I think United with um, Percival and, and Sidhu in their central defense, and Kelly Tonini is one of the best goalkeeper we have. Uh, they did really well all season. And Turgon on United, um, Isabella Sanzari is the reason why this game didn't finish five, six, or seven one. Uh, she saved a lot of goals. She's really really attentive on her line. Uh, and we've we've talked about her before, but Anne-Marie Sims uh, in defence for Tongola United, you know, 14 years old, uh, such such a talent. Uh, that that's what that's what I really think that um, this Tongola United side uh, has all the chances to to grow. Uh, it, it, I'm just looking forward to seeing how the season ends. It's uh, going to be an absolute cracker for all of them. Okay, now the last matchup in MPLW for this round is Belcon United versus Woden Western. 7 0 for Belcon United. Zaravec, Clark, Thornton, they three goals in 10 minutes. They they blitzed it early on. And, uh, sorry, Thornton got two goals. Jaloka, two goals. And Rashad with a final goal to finish it off. Like I said, another dominant performance from the reigning champions who continue their undefeated season so far. Far, like I said, they're only just behind the other three, but they do have that game in hand in that regard. And if they win this weekend, they will go above, or they all. I'm not sure does it work on a goal difference in um, RSA does. Mm -hmm. So they very well will go above Gungal United, as you've mentioned. And uh, what I thought was uh, interesting today, or I know it happens a lot, but a lot more people pitched in for goals. Though a couple of weeks when we commented against, um, yeah, two people got hat tricks. Uh, so this one a lot more pitched in for the goals, uh, so a lot more variety for them today. And it was look, this is always going to be a tough matchup for Woden Western, considering uh, they're a little more um, a little more pragmatic side. However, if you stand off against, uh, it's difficult because you you want to keep it tight. Uh, however, if you keep it, if you stand off completely, uh, Belconnen just going to have even more of the ball. So I'm like I'm sure you're going to mention soon. It's just it's very um, difficult to play against Belconnen United, and but. For in Woden's regard, like I said, for Monaro, their uh, their aim is to get something out of the reschedule. Forty-five minutes against Monaro, uh, it's a really good opportunity for both of them to get some uh, points, some more points on the board. Um, so in that regard, difficult match for Woden. But what more can we say about about Belconnen United? Another dominant performance for um, Armadou Gul's side. Everyone pitched in. Everyone had a really good game. What did you uh, make of the overall performance, Jeremy? Yeah, look, I think uh, I think Wooden Western have uh, said in the past that they had a good defense, uh, uh, but considering three goals in the first ten minutes, uh, it's so hard to. That puts everything out the window, doesn't uh, it? You know, I mean, what do you do after that? Uh, you know, back on United, they are uh, in French. We call them the road rollers. They just keep going, okay. and keep going, and after that, you end up being compressed and flat. Uh, they don't stop. They score three goals. You think they would relax, and the next thing you know, they score another four in the second half. Uh, I think, I think we've seen how how powerful they are. Um, the work that Mikel Atonton does um, in the midfield is beautiful. Um, it, it's really hard to play against them, and unfortunately, when you start considering that early, um, it, it's hard to, to really find a way to, to come back in the game. I think Wollen Western will hope that they get that point, like you said, against um, Monaro Panther. They deserve a bit more than, than what they've been getting this, this season. Um, I'm, just, I'm just looking forward to see who can score as many games as, as many goals as Bacon in 10. 10 games this season. And another difficult thing I've realised from, uh, like I said, first season, it's my, as it is yours, my first uh, season covering MPLW, and one thing I find interesting when I watch Belcon United is, like, even though they've got wingers, they're, I, I know a lot of teams do this, but um, their fullbacks are just as, just as quick and just as um, powerful down that wing, so if, 
if, if the winger hasn't got you, the, uh, the, the fullback's got you. And um, so it's, it's very difficult to defend against them in general because they're all equally on both left and right side, they're just, just as powerful and just as quick. Like I mentioned in the Tuggeron game, how great uh, Vanessa Ryan was in that game with her link-up play down the side and her, her general play, pace and technique to get around half of the players in that Tuggeron match. And um, I just think uh, Belcon is so dangerous from so many different areas down the wing. Yeah, when you know when they uh, keep switching the ball from left to right, it always is going to open up some sort of space down one wing. And if it isn't, you've got Alexia Fauna through the middle uh, of midfield who will do very well. And of course, Jalocca and the rest of the players there. Um, Russ, what did you make of this uh, result? As we expected, Belcon United too strong for Woden Western. Um, you mentioned the fullbacks; they did this last year. Um, Bronte Pike scored a bucket full of goals. Uh, from that position last year. That was my question at the start of the season. I had no doubt that they would continue to score the goals because you talk about the um, the steamroller effect, the juggernaut that they have, and they just keep going on and on and on. They just don't give in. And, and that, that's a respect level to the opposition as well. They don't show both. They just keep going. They play everyone the same way. My question was whether they would be as strong defensively. They lost Lauren Keir. They lost Sally James in goal. They lost uh, Bronte Pike from fullback. Question was, could they keep the same clean sheets as they've been doing last year? The answer is yes, they can. Um, and they're doing it very, very well. They're looking strong at both ends of the park. Quite a shout-out to Vanessa Ryan, her 50th NPL match as well on the weekend. That's a great achievement for her as well. And also for Nina Zarovac her first one and she took four minutes to score it was a bit of a goal mouth scramble but she was there in the right place at the right time to stroke one in must have thought this first grade lark's easy um, stra- <laughs> straight in straight on the score sheet um, credit to Woden Weston though 3-0 down in 10 minutes could have got very very ugly indeed uh, but it didn't and the fact that it then took them what about the best part of another 45 minutes or so to get the fourth goal um, and they didn't let up it's just a question of the Woden suddenly just went well hang on you know, it, let's not let this get get out of hand. Um, I hope that they do improve as well. Woden, I think they had a really good season last year. They got the Federation Cup final. Um, they're missing a couple of their key players that, that were, were were a real part of that squad last year. But they're building again, um, and it's always a tough task to play Balcony United. I still think Balcony United and Ahmed Yugel will be the team to beat. Uh, we've been talking about Gungalan. We've been talking about Canberra, Croatia. The key being with all those three sides we've talked about, they can all score goals. Um, I think Belconnor score at a better rate um, and they've also I think got a, a stronger defence and that's the key I think that's what it'll come down to when it comes down to can they hold out against a Gungahlin United attack or a Canberra Croatia attack yes I think they probably can can those hold, sides hold out against a concerted Belconnor attack maybe not but then there's a reason we're here and we don't play so <laughs> we'll wait and see and I'm, I'm happy to be proved wrong I'm really looking forward to it I think um, the monkey for Canberra Croatia was Belconi United. They've got to get past them, and they they haven't been able to do that. And this season, of course, you're thinking, oh, it might be those two, it might be their opportunity. And here come Gungalin sneaking up on the mm-hmm. rails just to make Nick Brozanich's life a little bit harder. <laughs> it's going to be a fascinating end to the season in that competition. And uh, you mentioned the steamroll. I just I, I said this on commentary as well. I, I another reason why I always thought it was going to be difficult for Woden, besides what we said, was the fact that Gungalin only got the draw last week and in their own minds they were out to prove a point and uh, teams that have won as much as they've won are always going to be especially after a result they didn't get their way they're always looking they're going to they're coming that little extra motivated that little extra to get um, the points in that regard any more to finish off Jeremy or is that it for MPLW okay. this week just before you say that I mean that point for Gungarden last week it's worth worth saying how well good that is but I mean I think that's only about the 16th point that um, 
Balkan have conceded at the last 162 or something Crazy. ridiculous. It's amazing, their record. So to, to take anything off of Balkan United is, is an incredible achievement. Oh, it certainly is. And like I said as well, they only conceded two goals last season, Balkan. And so for Gungalan already to have been the one to, the only person to score a goal, I think, against Balkan United mm-hmm. this season. And uh, Jack was, was ropeable that conceded two goals last season. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, any more to finish up on uh, MPLW uh, before we uh, move on to the fixtures in MPL2, Jeremy? Uh, no, no, yeah, I guess Belkoran, you're wondering where the, where the weakness is, right? Um, so much so much talent, so much experience. Uh, and if we talk about the defence, the MVP last season was Jesse Rasha, who plays in the defence. Uh, that says a lot about um, what, what to expect for the defence in Belkoran. I'm looking forward to this weekend. I think Canberra Olympic, Canberra United Academy will be a cracking football match. And I think that, that's going to be two good sides that will go toe-to-toe and plenty of goals in that one. That's the one we're commentating, correct, Jeremy? Mm-hmm, indeed. All right, I'll give you a nice plug there, <laughs> and uh, good luck to Walker City Wanderers who face Belconnie United this weekend. So that'll be a test for Sam Gray's youngsters. It certainly will be. Now, the it's, you mentioned a few of those fixtures. Are some of the other fixtures we've got overall? All the fixtures are Monaro Panthers versus Canberra Croatia Saturday, one p.m. at Riverside Football Stadium. Then we've got Belconnie United versus Walker City Wanderers, as you mentioned. Saturday, three p.m. at Hawker Football Centre. We've got Canberra Olympic versus Canberra United Academy Sunday, three p.m. O'Connor Enclosed. Um, and we are comm- um, yeah we are commentating that one and then uh, Tuggerang United versus Woden Western Sunday 310 Canberra 201 Gungahlin United with the bye Jeremy yeah Saturday afternoon Belconnen and Waga City I'm commenting that game with uh, Sarah West the coach of the under 17 of Canberra United Academy who commented with me already a couple of weeks ago it's, it's great to have her um, on, on the live you guys should tune in she's she's really really fun uh commenting that game next to me no I, I tuned into the second half of that one you did and that i thought you guys did a really good job i Thank really you. enjoyed the uh commentary but um i'm sure you guys uh, were happy you were in that little the little den at uh, o'connor <laughs> and not getting wet unlike russ at uh, deacon stadium the other day <laughs> i wasn't too bad okay i'm gonna lie i'm not gonna lie it's, <laughs> we were on the top tier it was it was a bit damp but you know it's what it's it's half the battle for the football in, in it's good to have these uh, little places we can call games from and it's great that we can watch these games i actually um had a look at that one at half time in the game i was at um the game you did mm-hmm. um, watching the goals back and with the links and yeah, did a good job guys thank you <laughs> all right moving on to MPL 2 now we'll start with Brindabella Blues uh, who lost 4-0 against ANU Wajna scored a hat-trick and Ullman also scored a goal this is a massive win for ANU this is only their second win of the five games they've played this season this keeps them in the hunt for a very very competitive top four race at the moment um, like I said, very, very good momentum considering they're going to face the undefeated Ugali who we've been singing their praises for the last couple of weeks now and rightfully so. Um, they play them uh, this weekend on Sunday afternoon. That should be a very, very close matchup. Could be, um, it could be a quite high scoring one as well. I know, like we'll mention in the Ugali one, um, they'll be very happy to have not conceded a goal considering they conceded four goals in their 6-4 win over White Eagles last week. Um, but uh, for ANU, they haven't exactly... Uh, gone off to the races so far this season so they'll be very very happy with this win like I said it keeps them in that hunt if they uh, only got a draw or a loss it would have been very difficult for them Uh, in terms of Brinda Bella sort of encapsulates a little bit of an inconsistent season for them I mean they did have a good win against Narabundo and a good draw against uh, Western Malongolo last week However, when they have lost, they've been quite heavy. Uh, they've conceded four goals in both of their losses, I believe. So uh, Zoran Glavinich won't be very happy uh, with that. Um, so, Russ, what did you make of this uh, overall result for ANU? Very good result. 
Yeah, Jan Voisner with a hat-trick. It's not often he gets many goals, and for him to come up with a hat-trick, it's a big statement of intent. Um, I can understand that Brindabella would be disappointed. They ended with 10 um, in that one. Curtis Schaefer, who's actually an MPL referee, got himself sent off. And naughty boy <laughs> should know a bit better. Two yellow cards for him there. And Zoran Glavinic um, had a chat with the referee and spent the last 10 minutes um, on the sideline as well, having been dismissed. So it wasn't the best of days for Brindabella Blues. Um, it was a result which at the start of the season we probably would have expected to happen. We expected ANU to be too strong for Brindabella. It was a vital result for them in terms of the, of the table, though. We were looking at it before and they really needed that win. Um, it, but they've got to keep winning. They have to keep winning. They have not had the greatest start to the season, but they're building a bit of momentum, as we always say. And 4-0 um, away from home, you can't ask for much more than that. What do you think of uh, this result, uh, Jeremy? Uh, you know, kudos to Wozna for that uh, hat trick, definitely. Uh, I almost want to say every time we're going to talk about um, the NPL 2 that you guys are great at prediction because you said ANU and O'Connor were going <laughs> to finish in the top of the league. And I, it's all New South Wales, top of the league. <laughs> I, I just said there's a reason we're sat here. <laughs> You gave them that little anecdote as well before the show. <laughs> we, we did, we did, we did. No, but that is something we were talking about at the start of the season. We'll talk about O'Connor Knights, I guess that's where you're going to lead to in a moment. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think once they decided the season was going to be short and there was no promotion this year, the momentum for quite a lot of these sides, and I keep using that word, um, it just dropped off a little bit. And it's just, you know, they built so much into the season thinking that promotion was on the line. and. Uh, it's just been taken away because of conditions and, and things are obviously out of their control. Um, and yeah, you can see it in some of the performances. And I think that's uh, quite clear for one of the clubs we're going to be talking about next. And to be fair to us in terms of predictions, we did say Wagga City Wanderers were a shout <laughs> for that top four. I do remember saying that. And in terms of Ugali, like Russ said, we didn't know what we were what to expect since we haven't seen them play. Well, at least as a collective anyway, we've seen a few of them in for the Riverina Rhinos. Um, but yeah, in terms of that, I'm sure. But in terms of Zoran Glavich and Brinda Bella, um, he did say he, he does feel they have him, like despite the losses, that he he did he does feel they have improved. Like last week when they drew against Western Malongo, he actually said, you can hear it on the interview on the show last week, he believes the old Brinda Bella last year would have lost that match. So he believes there are, um, uh, he, is there, he does believe there is improvement, except he won't be happy with the, the losses they do have are very heavy. He'll want to uh, um, shorten that quite a bit. In terms of ANU, very, very important win for them. Could yeah, have been I ugly think, if they I lost. I think you've, you've summed it up quite nicely there. I think Zoran Glavinich will be disappointed with himself and his team that they've that they've shipped four in that one. They would have been hoping to be a bit tighter. Um, but as you said, performance is immeasurably better than last season and, and they're going in the right direction. And uh, we mentioned how clubs that will be less, like they were disappointed with uh, no promotion. I think one of them is clearly O'Connor at the moment. They've only gotten one point from their last five matches. And like we said on the show, we, we weren't really expecting that to start the season. However, credit to Wagga City Wanderers who came over from Wagga and beat them 3-0. Suleiman with two goals and Menza also with a goal. The encounter at Kayleen from all reports was on a pretty damp uh, Kayleen enclosed pitch. Uh, this stopped both sides from playing the sort of football I'm sure they would have liked. However, as the score indicates and for what I've been told by general play, Wagga adapted the best to the match. O'Connor had a good first half. Um, on all accounts, despite going down, uh, apparently they had a few chances, weren't able to finish them off. Um, obviously, they didn't adapt as well as Wagga as um, O'Connor tried to play their general game where they um, put some beautiful, like in the match I watched, them, they put some beautiful balls in behind the defence. Of course, like on a damn pitch, though, that's not exactly going to work out too well in that regard. Uh, we mentioned how this wouldn't be good for O'Connor if they lost another match and it doesn't look like they're going to be making the finals now um, 
Uh, like I said, their only point was against White Eagles at the start of the season, which was a draw. Wagga um, sort of sat back to begin with, and they sort of uh, filled out the play, and they absorbed the pressure, and that was seen in the in the first goal when Wagga scored from a counter attack. However, um, in the second half, they really uh, they they took that opportunity, and it seems like whenever O'Connor go down one or two goals, especially by the second, if they concede a second goal in the match, they um. They sort of start to uh, put their heads down, and um, that would have been seen against Wagga as they lost three nil. Russ, what do you um, make of uh, both sides? O'Connor only with one point so far this season, and uh, Wagga City Wanderers uh, being undefeated. Yeah, I thought start with O'Connor, and I think you're right. I think they're um, a little bit disappointed. You can see it in their play. I mean, they, you look at the lineup that they've Fantastic got, and, and they should be a lot better than what they're doing at the moment. But they may just be saving it all for next year. Um, it's uh, for them this season to get to the top four and, and win the thing would have been great, but it seems rather pointless with no promotion for them. Uh, so I think they're they're just going through the motions at the moment. Um, Looking forward maybe to next season, depending on what happens with, with the setup and how we're going to be playing, whether hopefully promotions back in and maybe kicking on for them. For Wagga City, though, take nothing away from them. It's a long way to come yep. from Wagga to play one of the better sides in MPL 2 and to win 3-0 is a great result. Sits them, leaves them sitting pretty in second with 10 points and looking likely to make the finals, which is great. Um, Matt Mensah scored a penalty in that one. Uh, I, I played with Matt many years ago when I came over here in 2003. That's how old Matt is. He won't mind me saying that. And when they got a penalty, there's only one bloke that's going to be taking that. But he has, he's been revitalised down there and his quality shines through in that division. And he, he's helping lead his side alongside Karl Badesky in there. Um, and the, the side looks really, really good. And um, at the moment, and we'll talk about Ugali in a minute, they're the top two. And I'm quite looking forward to it because we always call the MPL2 grand final if we... Have a Ugali versus Wagga City grand final in Canberra. That would be interesting. Although, uh, Canberra White Eagles, Queanbeyan City. And ANU obviously will have something to say about that before the season ends. But what do you think, Jeremy? That would be an interesting match to watch, wouldn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, we oh, let's use the word of the year again, momentum. We talk about that, um, the promotion relegation, cutting the sales, uh, cutting the win of the sales, sorry, uh, for O'Connor. Uh, how good is it for Ugali and Wagga City? You know, how, how well prepared they will be next season when it comes... Uh, to get promoted because players seeing how they play, Wagasi Wanderers is the best defense uh, in MPL2 right now. Uh, seeing how well they play and seeing them maybe hopefully getting into the grand final, uh, they'll just be that more attractive to play next season to get ready for the promotion. I mean, when you when you're Wagga City Wanderers and you start your campaign this season by defeating uh, ANU, um, that 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 right there for anyone who didn't think they were going to go that well this season should have been a you know sort of a statement I think I said on the show it was a statement victory I think I said in the interview as well and uh, Michael Babbage sort of played it down a little bit it's, it's not really a statement victory I remember him saying to me but uh, in, in, in hindsight I think it uh, clearly has been uh, that's, that's a standard coach isn't it, it? is it just, it is. <laughs> just taking, deflecting it away it is it is <laughs> but uh, in saying that though it certainly was and you can see it now we're very well done to Wagga City Wanderers and as I said they are undefeated um, they are second though because they did get a draw um uh, compared to Ugali, who have won all four of their matches so far, and they also have a game, I believe they have a game to play as well, all, all of them, so, um, or a game in hand. Okay, so, and Wagga are going to have a very interesting matchup this weekend against the match we are about to pre uh, review now, and that is against White Eagles. That should be very interesting. Now, White Eagles won 2 0 on the weekend against Narabunda. Al Nuwasir scored in the 23rd minute and McCarran in the 39th minute. Now, it was uh, still raining, however, as on all accounts, if you talk to anyone who's played in a wedge pitch, for some reason, Woden Park in close holds up the best out of all the pitches. Um, the ball still bounces decently, um, and it 
rolls pretty well. So uh, credit to the government there, I guess, for uh, that one. Uh, that uh, that um, how that um, field holds up because when they're the only field that goes on, when every other <laughs> field that isn't synthetic goes on, that's that's very good. It wouldn't have been like that back in the day for sure. <laughs> <laughs> they did a lot of work there. It's actually a very good setup. It, Fortunately, there's no real good comps positions for us guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not the best in that regard, but in terms of the pitch, very, very well done. And like I said before, this is a very big win for White Eagles. Michael and I were saying last week, if they lost or drew this one, they would be in a very bad position. Uh, except, however, they did get the win, so they they sit in a good position for them to race for that top four. And when I, you're about to hear it soon with Graham Plath, he was very, um, he was very uh, happy with the win, uh, despite um, not playing uh, the best football for all the match because they needed the points for this top four. And however, Narabunda, they, we all know they didn't have the best of seasons last year. They didn't have the best of starts. However, uh, I thought they had a played quite well this game. I was there at the, at the match and they had a chance to score early on. They actually had a penalty. That it was a, but it was a very good save from the keeper from White Eagles to be fair to him. And in terms of Narabana, I thought they defended well. They had a few chances in that regard as well. Alex Borpiero made, made a few good saves also. However, uh, the, the second goal uh, White Eagles scored was a bit of an interesting one because I was watching from uh, behind one of the goals where Alex Belpiero was, um, and I remember just saying, oh, that's a good save, when he went down to uh, collect the ball. And I looked down at my phone for a second, the next minute they're at the middle of the pitch kicking off, and I'm just like, wow, okay, that was a goal. Um, apparently um, the ref didn't even call for that, it was actually the linesman. So um, there was a little bit of controversy at the ground, uh, but did he that's go, football. Did he go in, or was it... Someone said that I remember at the end of the match when I was talking to a few of the uh, few of the people after the match saying, "Oh, where's the goal line technology?" But uh, it's it's. I mean, look, it's football. These sort of decisions happen, like we said with the uh, uh, Tagran and one. I mean, I'm sure Belpierre and the rest of Narabunda wouldn't have been happy with that. However, uh, the goal ended up standing, and um, but I don't think it was a bad performance at all from Narabunda, and in, in, they didn't concede a goal at all in the second half. And an interesting anecdote, actually, about that is is that Belpiero came off injured uh, in at half time, and he was replaced by the coach, who also doubles, <laughs> uh, John Ozalanado, who actually uh, doubles up. He's registered and he doubles up as a reserve keeper since they don't have a reserve keeper. And as you'll hear jokingly in the. Uh, in the interview I had with him, he didn't concede a goal, unlike uh, Alex. Uh, <laughs> I was about to say, maybe he needs to start next week and Alex is on the bench. I mean, he's kept a clean sheet in 45 minutes against one of the better attacks in the division. Uh, Alex, uh, <laughs> uh, please still uh, share this on Facebook. Uh, yeah. uh, don't don't uh, let Russ's uh, comments deter you. <laughs> oh, I love, love Alex. He's a great lad and he's been around Narrabunda for a while. Actually, to be honest, um, on Narrabunda, they've actually were competitive again. Um, they've been competitive in most of the games. They're just lacking that little bit of extra um, in that last third again. In terms of goals, they're just not finding them at the moment. Um, and it's difficult for them to win a football match if you're not scoring goals. White Eagles, um, as you'd expect, picking up after a slow start to the season. It's a good solid win. Graham Plath's got a good group there. You mentioned the penalty save. Ashley Collins in the goal. He's played Premier League football, so he knows he knows his way around there. They've just picked up Ohio Asikia from Woden Western Wanderers as well. Um, he's playing for, he played for them on the weekends. He adds in there. Um, Danny Haitley's been around the Premier League. Nick Owen as well. John O'Reese, Milan Santrak, Mitch Steenbergen, just to name a few names. Um, they've got some real quality in that side. And even though they sit fourth at the moment on seven points, um, come finals time if they're still in the mix don't be surprised if they up the ante 
And uh, the coach Graham Plath has a lot of experience in that regard. He knows how to uh, get them across the line in that regard. Yeah, Graham was one of my coaches at Tuggerong United. We had some <laughs> fantastic banter. Loved his training sessions. He explains things so well. We just he, also confused looking at each other. <laughs> you got, you got, I was, yeah, you listeners are going to hear that in, in the interview as well. He just loves talking about football. He's, um, he, he loves to explain uh, tactics and the way they play and uh, the way that, that the teams are going to be, uh, they're, they're going to face, like he mentions, how they're going to face Wagga this weekend. So. And he owns a property in Mikalego. And whenever we'd played Kuma Tigers away, we'd all go back to his afterwards. And um, he'd put on a big barbecue and a feast and some beers for everybody. And it was... Yeah, he's a very sociable man, and he's a one of Canberra football's finest. Soon you won't be able to do that in some parts of the country. Did you see that news? <laughs> well, uh, really? Yeah, is yeah. that? Yeah. I, I, did you see that news as well? <laughs> I, I'm hoping that was a joke. What I saw, but anyway. Um, well, you can't play football in Canberra. Yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> the, bar, the barbecuing, the barbecuing. You can't uh, barbecue at a place. I'm hoping that was a joke when I saw that online. Anyway, um, yeah, in, like we said it last week, this was a huge, huge uh, moment for White Eagles. They needed to win this to still be in the race, and they are. Um, but like I mentioned before, I had a coach to had a um, chat to the coach of White Eagles, Graham Plath, straight after the game. All right, uh, good win uh, for your guys today. What did you make of the performance overall in the uh, wet and rainy conditions? We came here just wanting the three points. We know it'll be a battle to make the four, and whichever team gets the three points out of games will make the four. Uh, goal difference wasn't on our mind. The first half was of concern. We tried to play too much football in the back third and in the greasy conditions. It just wasn't working. And similarly, they were playing a 3-5-2, which means they've essentially got seven players in their attacking half. So at half-time, I said we've got to get the ball forward much quicker and hit the wings. And even though the football wasn't attractive, I felt in the second half we were playing football in their half as opposed to playing it in our half, where it can be quite dangerous in these sort of conditions. Well, you mentioned the top four briefly there. It's extremely competitive at the moment. What do you make of how competitive it is right now in the league? Look, we can look at it, we can do prediction. We realise some teams uh, will struggle to get full compliments when they're on the road. But our focus is always on the next game. Not two games, not three games, just the next game. All I know is that there's a lot of teams competing for that four and we want to give ourselves the best chance. Well, you mentioned uh, the next game and that next game is uh, Wagga who have done quite well this season. How are you guys going to prepare for that one? Well, they've got two very intelligent players in Carl Podeski and Matthew Menza. The preparation <coughs> will concentrate a little bit more on the execution of passing, which... To do that, we're changing our training venue from Philip on Thursday to Hawker. And even though we're training from 8.15 to 10 o'clock, which is quite late, all the players are wedded to that because they see Wagga, Brenda Bella, and the last game against Western Creek as three very important games, and they want the best preparation possible. So I'm very happy that they're wedded to training from 8.15 to 10. We realise it's going to be a late night for them, but we'll be training on a good surface and that's our preparation for the next three games. I also had a quick chat to Narabunda coach and uh, reserve keeper Jono Zalunado straight after the game. I mean, it wasn't the result you guys were looking for today, but I'm sure there's uh, plenty of uh, positives that you, you guys can take out of it. Yeah, we, um, we've had two weeks off. We had the washed out game last week and the um, by the week before. And we've taken that as an opportunity to sort of look back on the first two games that we've played. We weren't really happy with what we were doing. It wasn't really... Um, 
the football that we wanted to play and today was a big improvement on that. It sucks to go down, but the mood in the change rooms afterwards is a lot chippier than it's been the last few weeks and we know we've played well and we know if we go out and do what we did today again that we can get a result next week. And uh, Alex came off the, with an injury at half-time uh, as keeper and you, you went on. Now, what did you make your performance? I don't think you conceded a goal. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't. <laughs> don't, um, we, won't let bells, we won't let bells listen to this part, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it was the boys out in the field. They did the job, so it made it easy for me. And um, you mentioned your week off. You've got a tough week coming up with a reschedule match against O'Connor and then a match against Queanbeyan. What are you guys looking to get out of those two fixtures? Oh, we'd like to win them, but if, if we go out there, perform the way we did today, I'm sure we can get something out of it, and yeah. And it's, uh, well, results-wise, it's been a pretty tough first half of the season. What do you make of the half-season overall since we're at halfway or just over it? Um, f- first two games, they were, they were tough. We weren't really at the races. We've got a very new side this year. So we've ironed out a few things and we're looking to motor home in the back half of the season and hopefully shake up a few of the bigger boys. All right, next up in NPL 2, we have Queenbin City versus Ugali, which was a Sunday kickoff, of course, uh, since it's a, a Ugali matchup. Uh, four wins from four, like we said, for Ugali, absolutely incredible stuff from the boys from Griffith. Uh, Luke Santelin, like I mentioned before, would be uh, happy with the win, of course, four from four. However, he'd be more happy uh, with the defensive aspect, keeping a clean sheet. He mentioned last week on this show in, in the interview that uh, he wanted to... He, the takeouts from the match is, yeah, it was fantastic for the neutrals and it's great we scored a lot of goals, but he wanted to see his side keep a clean sheet and he did. And from all accounts, those are very, very close battle. A lot of uh, tough tackles, tough challenges as well as you can expect from both sides. Uh, the first and second half uh, sort of both mirrored each other in that regard. The barely any of them gave up an inch. Um, and the goal was uh, Bajanti uh, scored that for Ugali. And interestingly enough, um, for those uh, who haven't followed the games, they're just looking at some of the, and they're just looking at the latter. Queenbian, this is Queenbian's uh, first drop points of the season. They got three wins in a row before this. And... But, however, even though they lost, they are still sitting very pretty in third place uh, with a game in hand as well over the two teams below them. That's, so that will really uh, work out in, in, in their favour. So that makes it even more important for ANU and White Eagles, Eagles to get very good results in the next two matches. Yeah, two sides that are probably going to make finals, I would have thought. I watched a bit of it on Facebook and it was a good quality football match. Um, two sides from MPL 2 that wouldn't have looked out of place in MPL 1, to be fair. And... It had everything, really. It was a proper proper game between two sides that fought tooth and nail. Uh, some good noise from the crowd as well. The Ugali boys were getting the bird a little bit throughout the game. And you could see from their celebrations when Mitch Bagianti scored five minutes from the end that they were super happy to come away from Queenmean with three points, which not a lot of sides are going to do. Um, to go to Queenmean and get anything is tough. To come away with three points is, is, is huge in the scheme of things and you look at the table they've only conceded five all season and you mentioned that four of those were in one game last year um so they're hard to score against they're free scoring at the other end and now they've proved that they can go two difficult away games and come away with a one nil victory which is, from a coaching point of view is almost perfect um 
their side, as we, we shouldn't be too surprised, their side is stacked with um, players with Premier League experience from the Riverina Rhinos last year. But what they seem to have this year that they seem to lack with the Rhinos is a bit more togetherness, a bit more of that fact they want to play for each other and play for the coaching staff as well. Maybe it's the crest on the on the shirt that's making <laughs> the difference. And, you know, the Rhinos was a conglomerate side and yeah. um, they were stitched together and credit to everybody down there um, for what they did for the couple of seasons but you can just see it means a lot to these boys to be playing in this competition and they've got designs on MPL one and you know as you said if they can get keep going here this year they can prove to everybody going we deserve to be in this competition because there was a lot of people that were questioning whether they should be in this competition at the start of the year well they're answering their critics aren't they uh, they certainly are. Don't uh, I keep mentioning mention this every show, but I just love the quote so much when Luke Santolin said, we are not here to make up the numbers. And with four wins from four, top of the table, they've definitely proven that, aren't they, Jeremy? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, what, what a great game be- before it. You know, the two teams that have won uh, their three first game uh, facing up in Queenbee and City. Uh, and what a great game it was. Uh, really, really solid uh, team, team effort from both teams. Uh, seeing a goal at the 85th minute just show how, how strong both teams were uh, all along the game. Uh, kudos to you, Gary, to for getting that, that fourth win in four game. Um, I think, like, like Russ said, I think we'll see definitely those two teams um, in the final four, and I'm looking forward um, to them facing up again. And, and Russ, as we always mention, uh, how did the buyer go this week? Solid, solid defensive <laughs> performance again from the buyer. They're sitting in ninth. They've yet to concede a goal. Um, they're still above Plucky Narabunda, though, so <laughs> the Narabunda need to pick up a point, otherwise they, they might finish behind the buyer. <laughs> How that is still there. It's, only, it's not an MPLW, <laughs> but it's only an MPL2. I don't I, get it. I love the fact that if you, if you get the chance to go onto the Capital Football um, SportsTG.com website, it's even got a little logo next to the buy as well, like they're a proper football team. Weston Malonglo played them this weekend. Net Jeans would have been happy that his side didn't concede in open play again. <laughs> <laughs> and, they are, and they are sitting in MPLW. They're just sitting at the, at the bottom of the table because everyone. Oh, they are. There, there they are. <laughs> they snuck in because everyone's got a point. <laughs> Oh, unbelievable stuff. But anyway, um, and um, in saying that, though, uh, we um, another very uh, eventful uh, round from MPL2, and uh, we have another eventful round coming up. Oh, actually, before I forget to mention that Narrabunda and O'Connor are playing their rescheduled match. Um, I think it's on Wednesday. They're playing at Hawker. I'm not sure about the time, but they are playing at Hawker. So if you're in that Hawker area, go go down and watch the matchup. It, it's 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 going to be a vital. Um, match for both sides both sides have yet to get a win this season and both the sides I mean at, at times I haven't really played uh, uh, they haven't played bad football both of them have had their very good matches like that match I covered for O'Connor against Queenman City some of the goals O'Connor scored were absolutely fantastic so um, it's going to be an interesting one well we mentioned O'Connor if they get three points there and they play Western Malongo on the weekend and we know that Western Malongo are tough to beat but you won't put it past the Knights to win again if they do they're right back in the mix again aren't they uh, yeah, and they are, and I keep forgetting that they do have an extra match compared to MPL One. Here I am thinking of the MPL One, but they, you know, they, they technically do have an extra match to play. Uh, so yeah, correct every uh, every time <laughs> in the uh, MPL Two thing. I was just saying the last two matches, last two matches, the last three matches. I should be saying. Anyway, so the round six matchups for MPL Two are Narabunda versus Queenian City Saturday, three p.m. at Boomanala Oval over there in Narabunda. O'Connor Knights versus Western Malongolo, like you just mentioned, Russ. Saturday, three p.m. Kayleen enclosed. Canberra White Eagles versus Wagga City Wanderers, Saturday 3pm at Woden Park in close. That one should be absolutely fascinating. And you would think a must win or a must uh, point at least for Canberra White Eagles. Uh, ANU versus Ugali, 
Sunday 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. That one should be also another absolutely, oh, sorry, Sunday uh, ANU Oval. That should be an absolute cracker as well. And you would think also a must win or a must point for ANU. And Brenda Bella are taking on the, uh, the bye, as we all know. They're very, very I'm impeccable. Predict- I'm predicting a draw. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to Canberra White Eagles, Wagga City. It'd be interesting to see how Wagga City back up with a second um, successive road trip to Canberra against another high-quality opposition. Can they bring the same level of motivation and desire to come here again and get three points against a side that's going to be very physical against them as well? It's going to be good. Good weekend of football all round. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always is, but this one, uh, once it creeps closer to the finals, it gets even better, doesn't it? And uh, Jeremy, thank you very much for joining us on the show today. Is there any uh, anything you want to say or any plugs for your own articles on Capital Football's website or anything before you leave? No, I'm okay. Thank, thank you for having me here. I'm looking forward to uh, being uh, very, very cosy with you in that little uh, house on Sunday afternoon <laughs> commenting Olympic <laughs> and the Academy. I'll try and leave it nice and tidy for you because I'm in that little hut on Saturday afternoon for Cambridge Olympic versus Gungahlin United with Frank Keisha. And then on Sunday, 3.15, Canberra, Croatia against Belconnen United. So two huge matches in, in NPL and a big match in the WNPL as well and important games all around as the season comes to a, to a conclusion. A bit too swiftly from our point of view, but we've still got finals to come, which is going to be great. And this year, with a bit of luck, finals will be lovely and warm and we can all go in shorts and T-shirts. Yeah, well, uh, that probably won't happen, let's be honest. But knowing Canberra's web, knowing Canberra's web, late, late September, it'll probably snow. <laughs> or, or the uh, disastrous hail like we got in summer. Don't forget. Yeah, at the start of the year. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> anyway, thank you very much as always for joining us, Russ. We'll see you again next week. And thank you very much, Jeremy. Good stuff with the articles in the MPLW wrap up. So we look forward to having you back for uh, the finals, before the final starts for the MPLW. Uh, you're going to come back for that one? I definitely will. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much, Jeremy. And thank you very much to everyone for joining us again this week. We had an extra long podcast for you guys because we had to catch up on all. Thank you, Russ. We had to catch up on all those. <laughs> we had to catch up on all those games uh, midweek. Uh, so yeah, like we said, we had a short podcast last week, a longer one to make up for it. So thank you very much, everyone, and we look forward to. Uh, coming back to you guys next week with round six and Michael will be back also thank you very much everybody enjoy your week and more importantly enjoy the football